In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. On this episode of Crown Jewels, could Meghan Markle finally be returning to social media? The queen consort wore the sapphire crown, but did she sparkle? And Prince Andrew is losing his armed guards. What's next for the queen's favorite son? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of Crown Jewels, the elite podcast for the royally obsessed, presented by Betches Media. I'm Lex Nico. And I'm Samantha Bush. My friend Lex and I are two pop culture obsessed ladies with a personal penchant for all things royal. That's right. And each week, we're breaking down the latest in royal updates across all monarchies, deep diving into some of the most unique and interesting players of these royal families, and of course, covering the intersection of royalty, pop culture, and celebrity news. So thanks to everyone for listening, and before we get into the latest royal news, I think we should tell everyone a little bit about ourselves. Yeah, I mean, okay, so they're saying, how do we know each other? And I was like, how do we know each other? No, like for real, how do we know? Did we become friends through Instagram DMs that then evolved into texting? Is this correct? Yeah. I mean, we're internet friends. Yeah. But at some point, we exchanged real-life phone numbers, but we've never actually met in person. And now we're doing a podcast together. And now we're doing a podcast together, and one day we're going to meet in real life, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's one day. Hopefully soon, we can maybe record a podcast together in yes, person. absolutely. And so will that be in your hometown or mine? Where do you live? <laughs> Definitely not in mine. I live in Detroit. I don't think you want to come I like come Detroit. Here. I like Listen, Detroit. Like, I'm not trying to shit on it. It's just like, I would love a vacation. So if I Fair. could come to you or we could meet in New York, that would be amazing. Yes. Okay. I'm in LA and I live in LA with my dog. I'm a Valley girl here in Los Angeles. And you're in Detroit with yes. your dog and your cat. Yeah. Most beautiful animals on earth. Yeah. <laughs> Stunning. Stunning. Oh, stunning. Stunning. And how did you become interested in the royal family, Sam? It's going to be the most basic bitch answer ever. Tell us. It's Princess Diana. Like, growing up and, like, seeing her and, like, hearing about her and, like, just her legacy and everything. Like, I just kind of became obsessed. And then I really got into it when Kate and William got married. Like, I was like, that was the first royal wedding I had ever seen, like... I was so excited, and it just kind of, like, went from there. What about you? Yeah. I mean, my mom was always very into the royal family, so I feel like from a young age, it was part of my lifestyle. Um, Moms love Princess Diana. love Princess Diana, and my mom (laughs) also loved Queen Elizabeth. And so, like, that's how I got into it, but I was, like, very invested by the time we got to Wills and Kate. Like, I did a whole thing with my friends where we went to – Watch the royal wedding at like five in the morning at this. We have like the Royal York Hotel in Toronto where I'm from. And like that's where the royal family would always stay because we're a part of the Commonwealth. So we went there for like a big English breakfast and tea to watch the royal wedding. And like everybody got dressed up and fascinated. So I'm a psychopath when it comes to the royals. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, that's so cute. I was like in a basement, like watching it at like 4 a.m. Like I wish I had a cute story like that. We do what we have to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your favorite monarch or royal figure? Okay, so I love, I feel like I've told you this before, and now I'm like worried that I'm going to mess up the name even though I tried to practice it, uh-huh. but I love Charlotte Kazagrahi. Uh-huh. She's Grace Kelly's granddaughter, but she's like an equestrian, a socialite. She was a model back in the day. She just, to me, growing up, and she's like around my same age, like she was like the royal person that I was fascinated by, and she was just like the epitome of grace and beauty. And I've always been obsessed with her. And now she's the podcaster too. So look, we're the same now. <laughs> we're the same. I mean, stars are just like us. Just like us. They have podcasts. My favorite royal monarch or figure, I have two, like ones that I really, really like. I mean, obviously I like Princess Diana, but I do have like some opinions on her, mm-hmm. of course. And I, and not even so much on her. I have more so opinions on what people feel about her and like their idolization of her. Yeah. Um, but I love Queen Letizia, mm-hmm. I want to say, from Spain. Um, you if do. I'm butchering her name, like I'm so sorry. I'm obsessed with her. I just think she's the most beautiful woman in the world. And I love her little family. She has like two daughters. She just seems like a really like normal, glamorous woman. And of course, I love Princess Margaret. I just think the crown made me like really fall in love with her. Those are like my two girls. I know. And we need to discuss, I think, one of the deep dives. So on this podcast, we're going to be doing deep dives. We're going to be talking about current events and pop culture as it relates to the royals as well. But like, I really would love us to do a deep dive on the Spanish royal family. (laughs) It needs to be done. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. There is some drama with the queens Mm -hmm. of Spain that I just love to pick apart. And like, if you ever see footage of them together, so it's her, it's Queen Letizia's husband's mom. Mm -hmm. They clearly do not have a very close relationship. And you can tell just by body language and not even that, but like the queen not Letizia, but <laughs> the grandmother, the grandmother, <laughs> the grandmother. Thank you. She like physically like moves her out of the way. Like she's Blocks like, her. it's, it's, it's delicious. So cra- it's so delicious. Like to take down that, like that drama and no one really talks about it. I think it's really, really fun. And so, I mean, we will get into all of that. I do want to yeah. know, have you ever met a Royal Sam? Never. Oh, don't say it like that's so surprising. (laughs) Well, I mean, I well, before she was a royal, I met, I had lunch with Meghan Markle. She would come into Soho House Toronto all the time as well. But she had a, when she was on Suits, she had a clothing collection with a Canadian fashion line. I use the term fashion line loosely called Reitman's. And she designed a collection with them and did a lunch for a bunch of Toronto girlies. And so I did meet her and have lunch with her. And I will... I have one small video with her that I will pan out at any moment, any moment's notice. You will be posting it because (laughs) I need to see it. How was she in real life? She was lovely. She was very lovely. She still, everybody is like, oh, Megan, like the way that she talks, did they train her? Da, da, da. I feel like she always had a tinge of how she speaks now, you know? Like she's trying to be very regal, but she always sort of spoke like that. And she was like, she has like that, she's giving off that warm energy in how she talks. It was very interesting. No, 
that's the thing. If you go back and watch interviews with her from like pre Harry, Mm -hmm. she still talks like this. Like, I don't think she said the words roast chicken before (laughs) she met Harry, but you know, like she definitely had a way of speaking. really pisses you off. I think about it a lot, Lex. I do. <laughs> like, that was the moment for me when they were doing their engagement interviews that I was like, this bitch. Like, <laughs> I can't what handle is she her. going on? I can't. But, you know, I do. I have, like, a very complicated relationship with Meghan Markle. Me too. I think a lot of people do, which, of course, we'll obviously get into on this podcast as well. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. It's time for Tea and Crumpets. That's this week's top royal family stories. And Sam, speaking of Megan, do you want to start us off with some royal subjects for our royal subjects? Yes. So there is a rumor swirling around, obviously, through the grapevine, a.k.a. Demois, that Meghan Markle is going to be making her return to social media. So this is like a really big deal because she had a Instagram account called The Tig back like in the day. Mm-hmm. And she was very active on social media. She like met people on Twitter. Like she was like us. Like she, was she would just, meet people. She was just like us. She was doing brand deals, clothing collections with brand women, deals, designing lines. An influencer, if you mm-hmm. will. And um, so the fact that she's going to possibly make a return is actually a really big deal because I don't think it would be under any sort of like royal account. I feel like it would be like a more personal account. Yes, I agree. And so the submission to Demois said the significant other of this famous ginger is going to be on social media soon. Activate influencer mode as she's already accepting PR. The fashion house I work for just got a pleasant mail saying we can send her stuff now, which wasn't allowed before. Which is like, this is like as surprising or shocking as this would be to me, it is not surprising to me at all. Does that make sense? I mean, I agree with you. It's not surprising. But yet, when I saw this, I was like, oh, like, that Mm -hmm. is kind of shocking just because I didn't think that she would want to go back 
down Yes, it feels like a step backwards into the brand that they've been trying to, like, curate and cultivate. Yeah. But again, there's, like, two reasons why I feel like she would do this. And the first reason is I remember in the Oprah interview, so many people are like, oh, they they wanted privacy and blah, blah. And she was like, we never said we wanted privacy. The media said we did. So she wants to be in the spotlight, I feel, personally. Plus, now for them to make money, they have to continue to be in the spotlight so people maintain interest with them, right? Yeah, she wanted to be an actress when she grew up. Like, she wanted to be a star. She wanted to have a platform and she married like the most eligible bachelor in the world. Mm-hmm. Um and I I get what she's saying and I wish that she would almost speak on that a little bit more and be like, you know, not just in Oprah but basically like we didn't want privacy. We just wanted like decent like level respect. of respect and like safety. Yeah. And like we weren't getting that. But the word privacy keeps being thrown around like, oh, they wanted their privacy. Oh, they wanted this. They're like, Harry is the prince of England. Yes. Like, like, he doesn't want privacy. He just wants people to, like, be respectful and not racist. Like It's such a simple concept. Bare minimum requests. Bare minimum. Don't be racist. Be respectful of our safety. That's it. But But they want the platform because they both, I think, have – such a drive to like want to do good mm-hmm. and I think that they know that they can't just be in private and do that they have to use their platform in some way yeah and I mean they are you know she's released archetypes they did she had her season finale episode which we'll talk about next week but yeah. I feel like they are more and more starting to use their platform and then the second reason why I think that they could come back to social media is because there was a page six rumor that their Netflix docuseries is launching next week now nobody's confirmed this Omid Scobie on Twitter hasn't confirmed this. And for me, he's basically their publicist. But if you don't know who Omid Scobie is, he is a UK reporter who basically gets fed all of the Archwell information and releases it. He's like reality Steve. Yes, correct. For the royal family. And so I could see her getting back on social to promote their show once they're there. But if she didn't get on it for archetypes, I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. I feel like archetypes and we'll probably get into it more next week when Mm -hmm. we talk about the episode but it was such a strange yeah i really want to talk about it podcast yeah well let's we'll save that for next week but i'm so excited about this fucking documentary like i know this has been in the works you guys for years they have been talking about this netflix deal for years and i'm like what i i need to get my eyes on that footage immediately (laughs) immediately. I want to see it. I want to see their love story as they angled it. And so it'll be interesting what is in there that was potentially from before the Queen's passing and if anything got edited out as a result. We will be watching. That's for sure. (laughs) We will be watching. We will be commenting. We will have thoughts. So... So many Just thoughts. Brace yourselves. So, Lex, what's our next tea and crumpet item? Okay. <laughs> this one, this is a little bit older, but this was such a personal favorite for me. Like, when I, my mom sent me this article and I was just like, this will forever go down as one of the funniest things I've ever read. Because a man was arrested for throwing eggs at King Charles and Camilla, our new queen consort. This happened, they were visiting a northern England city of York, and they were greeting the people, and this man, 23-year-old man, charged 
the group charged the crowd and threw eggs at Prince Charles. And to like the image is just the funniest image in my whole entire life. <laughs> Prince Charles is a goofy guy. Yeah. Like he's just a goofy fellow. And to watch him get egged and like the attempt at him getting egged is yes. just such a funny thing. It's kind of like when celebrities used to get flowered. Yes. On the red carpet. Like, that's how I feel about this. Like, it's just such a strange, like, thing. It's so strange. To egg a prince, to have that (laughs) thought, even, like, in your head. Like, I, the prince is coming to my town. I will be egging him. He's the king now. He's the king Oh, he's the king. Yes. Like, he's the the king king. now. And you're like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to take a bunch of eggs. I'm going to go to this gathering in York. Yeah. And I'm going to attempt to toss some eggs at King Charles and Camilla. <laughs> Do we know, like, if he's been, like, what he'll be charged with? Oh, I know. Oh, okay. So this is the funniest part of the story, is that he was arrested, he was released, but he's never allowed to own eggs again. And that's a true thing. That's <laughs> How is that even possible? That sounds like the most Northern Ireland thing I've ever heard. (laughs) I can't even handle it. But yeah, he's not allowed to like own eggs. That's a real thing. Okay. I know. It's so bizarre. And like it just adds to the awkwardness of the whole situation. And like that's so let's also say that like no egg actually landed on Charles or Camilla. So good for them. Just an attempted egg. Just an attempted egging. We can really just, you know, relax. And, like, let our shoulders settle down. But it's, like, I just wish that I could see the aftermath. You know, after we saw King Charles step into his, like, kingness, we saw the whole – did you see the video with, like, the pen and the chair when he was doing the signing? And, like – Oh, yes. He wouldn't move his chair by himself. And he's, like, blubbering around. And he's all frustrated. And then the pen with the ink. And Camilla's trying to be, like, do it this way and blah, blah, blah. Like – And then I went to, last night I went to a Jimmy Kimmel taping and Dominic West was there who plays him on The Crown. Yeah. And he was talking about the breakdancing video. And just like how, like learning, he was like, I had to learn how to dance out of sync to try and dance like Charles. Yeah. But like, Charles just seems to be an awkward fellow. Yeah. He's a goof. He A total goof, right? He's such a goof. He... Okay, I'm going to defend Charles really quick. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Let me just defend him. So these videos, after the queen died, may she rest. May she rest. Yeah, may she rest. He, like, he was, like, acting very strange. Like, he wouldn't, like you said, like, he wouldn't move his own chair. He was, like, being annoyed with the pen. And everyone was, like, acting like he's, like, some spoiled brad and they're acting surprised and Mm -hmm. i have the thought of like this is like a 70 year old man who's been a prince his entire life of course he's gonna act like this uh this should not be a shock to anybody and also his mom just died and now he's Mm -hmm. king like that's a really strange feeling because it's something that you think about your entire life like he's been waiting his entire life like this is a moment so it's like you know, his mother did just die, but now he's also a king. And I would be probably acting weird, too. I would probably have out-of-body experiences. I'd be throwing pens at people. Who knows what I would be doing? I you would might be, be a little flustered. 
a little. <laughs> I'm flustered on a podcast because I have a runny nose. Like, I can't imagine being a king and, like, my pen's not working. Like, I would be so <laughs> stressed out. I can't sign the documents. You know what I mean? Like, I get nervous, like, like doing my taxes because I'm like, oh, my God, oh, is that my right social security number? Who knows? Like, I get so stressed. Like, I can't believe I'm defending Charles in this way, but I felt for him and I felt people acting, like, shocked that he was acting bratty were, like, really weird. See, I will say, and again, I don't think this is a defense or this is nothing for or against him, but, like, I get, and I think that's why I like this story so much, too. I get such a kick out of King Charles. I don't know what it, I think it's the goofiness. Yeah. I think it's the flustered. I think it's, it's like awkward. He's like a little boy because yeah. he's a royal member and he was raised literally being silver spoon fed. Like I'm obsessed with him. I could watch videos of him. Like people watch videos of food, like people making food, bloopers yeah. of friends. Like I could watch every video of Charles just living his daily life. Like sure. Harry and Meghan Get your docu-series. I just want a body cam on Charles <laughs> or Camilla to capture Charles. I need all eyes on Charles at all Please. times. Like, Please. he really is such a strange person, and I love it. And they also portray that in The Crown a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, he's a really awkward guy. Like Very awkward. He's kind of always been a little weird. So on to our next tea and crumpet. The queen had cancer before she died, allegedly. So allegedly. this is obviously all alleged. Um, but there was possible bone marrow cancer per yes. Giles Bandreth, who is writing a memoir called Elizabeth, an Intimate Portrait. And they said that, you know, the queen Elizabeth, she died of old age. Yes. Well, that could but be, uh, both things could be true. Both things could be true, yes. And this author is writing a book And there was a quote in the article saying that the author wrote, the truth is that Her Majesty always knew that her remaining time was limited. And this book is depicting her final years on the throne. She had bone marrow cancer. She was obviously suffering. They said that, you know, this would explain her tiredness, her weight loss, a lot of those mobility issues that were told about the last year of her life. But I mean, this has not been, Buckingham Palace has not confirmed this. They have not commented on this. So this is all alleged. Mm -hmm. But on the one hand, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised because, you know, she was 96 years old. Like, these things happen, of course. But she really, it again, like, I have so much respect for the queen. And I know, say whatever you want about the royal family. Like, this woman showed up and did her work. Like, Kim Kardashian, get your fucking ass up and work. Up and work. She is the poster child of that quote. She got her little ass up mm-hmm. and worked every single day. And her commitment to like her duty. Yeah. I think people don't fully understand like the level of commitment that that really does take. Like Harry always says that. He's like, it's incredible what she does. Like, no one, especially because she wasn't ever supposed to be in this position. It was like thrust upon her yes. family. And so that whole idea and your whole life just kind of changing and then your dad dying and you're young and now you're the queen of England. Like, yeah. how do you even begin to wrap your mind around what you want that to look like when that wasn't what you ever thought your life would be? Um it's really it's really remarkable. And I'm always surprised at what the palace like 
doesn't let people know. And I Mm -hmm. kind of am curious why they never spoke out on her illnesses. I guess because she was just like a really private person. So I guess I just answered my own question. Yeah, I feel like that was self-inflicted because I think she probably, again, she took these responsibilities so seriously. She was almost like rigid to a fault in her duties, right? Uh And so I think like there's a couple of things at play here. There's like a part of me and maybe I'm reaching that was like, she didn't want because, you know, they represented the people, they represented the crown. It was their duty to be there for England. I think she probably didn't want to be a burden on people. She didn't want people or the public to worry about her or ask questions or things like that. So she kept it very private. But I also think it's like she never wanted to give this air of, you know, being lesser than the queen. Like she showed up and she did She's everything very she to do. Yes, it was yeah. pride. Yeah. And uh, like I said, may she rest. May she rest. I Again, when she passed away, I was in Toronto with my mom. They made that announcement. I cried. We cried. It was just like. I got so, oddly emotional too. Yes. It was like really strange. It was really, really strange. All of that. That whole time was just like an interesting moment. But I think they did, you know, a wonderful job in yeah. her service. And mourning her. And uh, I was also very happy that, you know, Harry and Meghan made it back for that. Thank goodness. But Lex, I was concerned. I, I was know. really worried. Gran. But I you mean, know. Harry and her were so close. There was no so world were where, where that wasn't going to happen. I, right. I hope. Yeah. I hope. Now, Sam, let's get into our final tea and crumpets, Okay. <laughs> Okay. And I'm very curious for your thoughts on this. I don't I don't know if we've talked we might have differentiating feelings. But our new queen consort, Camilla, uh-huh. wore the sapphire crown. So mm-hmm. this okay. First of all, let me just get into details of what Please. the sapphire crown is. So this is the Queen Elizabeth's Belgian sapphire tiara. So This dazzling piece was worn for Charles' first state visit as king in South Africa. It was previously owned by Camilla's mother-in-law, the queen, who wore it in Singapore in 1989 and for China's state visit to the UK in 2015. So this is a very big deal that she's wearing this crown. It's a huge deal. I think, like, I'm not the biggest Camilla fan. I just, I know. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But, like, Shocked. I think this is, like, a very interesting moment because it really is, like, she she did it. And there was a part of this headline that said Camilla was playing the long game. And, like, we're here, sure girl. Iconic. We're here. Iconic. And, like, even the queen allegedly gave them the advice that they were playing the long game because they were not well-liked by the public. I think the fact that I have weird feelings about it, even though, like, I was a child when Diana passed away. I don't even remember them like separating. Everyone has feelings about it. Yes. What are your Everyone. feelings about this? Okay. This this is a good time as any. This is our first episode. I have yeah. to let the people know that like I'm kind of a Camilla Stan. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I call myself a bowler because her last name is Camilla Bowles. I'm a bowler. Oh my God. By heart. You know, it's just in my heart. I really do love her. Um, Can you tell baddie. us why? Yeah, tell us why. I think she's she's a baddie. She played the long game. She, um, 
you know, it's a love story. It's a love story of the ages. I also think like she gets this like really bad reputation about like breaking up a marriage. And this is, I'm going to go on like a little bit of a tangent. So I'm so sorry. Princess Diana was like not that innocent. Okay. Let's be clear. Okay, bold. She wasn't. She was also having little trysts. Yeah. With men. And Camilla just happened to be a relationship. And while I don't condone cheating, I don't, especially if, in like such a large scale like this, it just is very messy. Mm-hmm. I just think like the royal family speaks through their fashion so much because I feel like the queen like was always kind of taught everyone to not really be that outspoken, but you can be subtle in your beliefs and everything like that. That's why Meghan and Harry, like, are blowing everyone's minds. Um, and I think her wearing this crown is literally, like, sending the message, like, I'm the queen. Like, yes. I'm the queen now. Everyone's got to get over it. She's really... She's, she's really sending kind of iconic. the message. You're right. No, you're and right. I really get upset when people call her ugly. I don't think we need to talk about our looks. I mean, she's like an elderly woman. I don't think her looks matter at all whatsoever. No. I think what is interesting is like, you know, I, I again, for whatever reason. We just lost so many listeners. <laughs> no, no. I'm not a Camilla stan. I'm not a bowler as you okay. are. That's but what point. I can recognize and understand from the love story perspective is that this woman stood by her man through thick and thin and everything in between. Mm -hmm. And she endured a lot. She endured public hate. She endured disgrace, like shame. And she stuck with him. And like, if that is not love, how can you really judge that? You know, like, no, I I got to give it to her in that capacity. And now here she is Rolling through as the queen consort. As the fucking queen. Like, that's kind of incredible. And, I mean, like, I'll get into it over the course of this podcast. Like, I obviously know that Charles was a little, you know, goblin sometimes, and they all had their faults. But, like, I just don't get the, like, immense hate for her specifically. I'm like... I honestly think it's because so many people, like, Diana was the people's princess. Like, like everything to people. I think so many people just had such a parasocial relationship with Diana. And then she passed away so young and so early. And it just, like, was such a tragedy that, you know, people developed this impression of who Diana yeah. was in their mind. This, like, innocent, beautiful woman who lost her husband and then you know these two come in and they're carrying on like everything is hunky-dory but like that's not the full story none of us know the full story (laughs) and it's just interesting because I think it just all got you know convoluted a little bit sticky it's very sticky Lex are you ready to make it rain with some royal rants Oh, you know that I am. So this is our first episode. And so everybody knows this is the part of the show where we are going deeper and we get to rant about the biggest new stories or scandals in royal news. And this week, we're making it rain on none other. This is, we're coming out guns a-blazing. None other than Prince Andrew. Sam, take it away with our first rant. 
<sighs> Where to begin? Prince Andrew is literally notably, everyone understands that he was the queen's favorite son. Everybody Everyone understands. knows this. He, I truthfully don't know why, but he was, she thought he was funny. He was like charming. Like, I don't know. But her little Andy boy. Her little. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really big deal. What I'm about to tell you, Prince Andrew is facing losing his police protection following the Epstein scandal. So, I, I mean, I think that that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. But the fact that King Charles is coming in and he's like, you're done. The taxpayers are not paying for your police protection anymore. Uh, things are about to go down, I feel like. I don't know. It's it's a huge kind of deal. Eerie. Because, again, to your point, he was the queen's favorite child. This is like a very well-known thing in royal gossip. And it's like, I just love and appreciate. Like, it's almost like one of those chef's kiss sweet things that King Charles has come in and one of the first things he's doing is cutting Andrew's taxpayer-funded security detail. And Andrew is losing his mind, allegedly. (laughs) I mean, I, like, okay, so Prince Harry and Meghan, for example, lost their um, police protection. Their royal security Uh, or whatever. Yeah, their royal security and everything, which was, like, a really big deal. Um. But they were like, okay, whatever, like, we'll do what we need to do to, like, protect our family and whatever. Prince Andrew is a spoiled little brat, Mm -hmm. but he's also connected with, like, some pretty dark figures throughout the world due to this, his connection with Jeffrey Epstein. And so the fact that he's losing police protection, like, this is just, I'm, this is when I, like, tip my hat to, to King Charles. I keep wanting to call him Prince Charles. He's not a prince. He's a king. You'll get there. You'll get there. I know, but like, you know, it takes a minute. I'm really shocked that this was like one of the first things that he's done. I'm shocked too, but it also like, it makes me, I think what I'm so fascinated or what like keeps me awake at night in my thoughts with the royal family is like, what are their actual relationships like? Like, right. are Andrew and Charles close? My thoughts would be no, right? And so I think this is like so fantastic. This is like the ultimate kick in the arse. That he could do to Andrew. Not the arse. <laughs> Not the arse. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. But like, it's the ultimate like F you. Yeah. Probably as well. Like I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, Charles has like years and years and years of resentment toward Andrew. For sure. For always being babied by the queen. And he had to, again, go through all of this stuff with, you know, Queen Camilla and Princess Diana. And then like, Andrew's walking up and is like, mommy, I need to divorce Fergie. And she's like, yeah. okay. Like, you know, it's just, yeah. this must be his ultimate F you. And 100%. the fact that like Andrew is, you know, being a big baby about it. There's in the article here, it's saying he's going to write the home office and the Met police to complain about losing his security. Security that costs taxpayers about three million pounds. Like, This is just, I mean, I think it's a great look for King Charles. I think it's hilarious to finally get his comeuppance for Andrew. And like overall, I hope it sticks. I am worried for Andrew, though. I'm very worried for his safety. uh, Yeah, his safety is definitely going to be at risk, um, for sure. Just a tad. But 
Prince Charles doing this, like you said, there's probably so much resentment. It's like, it's like when Margaret wanted to be with Peter Townsend and the Queen said no, oh, but then the ultimate Princess Anne wanted to be with someone else and the Queen said, sure, that's fine. It's kind of like, well, why did that person get to do something that I've always wanted to do? I was robbed of like happiness. Like Prince Charles probably feels so much resentment towards Andrew. Exactly. And just like... He's, in my view, he really has been let off pretty easy in this whole Jeffrey Epstein scandal. Um, I mean, he did lose his title, but that was like years after this all was coming out. Yeah, and I um, think that's like the bare minimum of what Literally, should he should be in prison. And that's the thing. I think that the queen protected him so much. And where I worry for Andrew, worry in terms of for use of this sentence, not in real emotion, because again, don't care, buddy. But like, right? I think this might be the beginning of the end for his protection and security. Like, and I don't mean like actually having security that is paid for by taxpayers. I just think like we're going to start to see some cracks in him not being held responsible for being a participant in some of those relationships around Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, who we're going to talk about next and everything too. But like, I just don't know how we carry on with him getting no consequence for his involvement. Right. So I think something is coming. Yeah. I really do. I feel like something is coming. He's losing his protection. He lost his um, title. Like he he's, I, who knows, Prince Charles might kick him out of the house. Like, I you know, just like, don't know. It's King Charles's world now, and he's just but living in it, you know? Fergie, Fergie has been bothering me in this whole situation as well. Tell me I why. feel like she protects him a lot. Yeah. And she kind of is his sympathetic, like, figure. Like, like if I can like him still and we're divorced, like, why can't everybody else get over it? And I don't love that he has the corgis. I don't love that he has the corgis either. That really, really upset me. Really rubbed me the wrong way. Like that bothered me to my core. I was like, those little fluffy, toasty little butts are living with Prince Andrew. It's disgusting. Disgusting. I don't know. It's like, I didn't know for, has for publicly defended him? It's a good question. It's a good question, grandma. Because here's the thing. I just feel like it's a domino effect. If all of his, security and money and financing and living arrangement goes away. Doesn't that mean Mm. hers does as well? Because she still lives with him. Right. So I feel like she is up against a wall. Not that that's the right thing to do, but it's very interesting because if anything happens to him, ultimately it's going to affect her as well. Right. So I'm looking right now, um, this just in, breaking news. It says, no one from inside Buckingham Palace has been involved in Prince Andrew's case or even knows anything much. It really just is the Duke of York, Fergie, and his lawyers. Sarah is fully behind Andrew and is part of his team. So it really seems like she's sticking by her man, too. Yeah. Her ex-man. That's not cool. I don't like that. No, I don't love that. And I really get upset when Beatrice... And Eugenie, like, get up in the mix. I know. Because I'm like, they're kids. They, they're they not kids anymore, but, like, they were they kids were. then. And, like, what do you want them to do? And I just want them – they seem actually, like, very normal and very happy. well-adjusted, they seem. Yeah, well-adjusted. Yeah. And I they're just shocking. feel like that's uh, 
a huge deal based on their yeah. family and their dad especially. Yeah. Oh man. All right. I'm I'm going to make it rain on this next subject because I watched the Ghislaine Maxwell documentary on Netflix this weekend. And it's Filthy Rich, the Ghislaine Maxwell version. There was an original version around Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. And this documentary rubbed me the wrong way. There were moments when I was physically ill. You know, I had so many assumptions around this situation as it related to Jeffrey Epstein specifically. Mm -hmm. I didn't know a ton about Ghislaine's involvement. I didn't either. But holy Hannah, this was (laughs) mind-blowing. No, it was explosive. Like, it was mind-blowing. There was one, you know, like, first of all, I knew that Jeffrey and Ghislaine were, like, in a relationship for a time, but, like, I didn't know how seriously they were boyfriend and girlfriend and how she was, like, in love with him. Yeah. And how her love for him made her do all of these crazy, disgusting things. Yeah, it's crazy. So what's really interesting about the documentary and what I appreciated about it from, like, a filmography, like, standpoint. Cinematography. Cinematography, you know, all of that, is that it starts at, like, the very beginning. So, like, Mm -hmm. you kind of see the timeline and how things progress in her personal life and how that pertains to her relationship with Jeffrey and then everything that came crashing down at the end. So, like, it starts in, like, 1989. We – um, they are interviewing old friends of hers. I love when it would say former friends. Yeah, me too. Uh, they dropped that. her ass real quick. <laughs> real fast. Um, but they were like acknowledging like she was charming. She was beautiful. She was wealthy. She could swim in all circles. Yes. She was like part of this like regal royal family. And there and- was one thing that they said, one of the former friends said was like, She never seemed, like, desperate. She was never climbing because she was already at the top, and she knew it. Yeah, she knew it. Like, her her family knew the royal family. Like, they were all kind of intertwined, and I think a lot of people don't realize that about the British royal family specifically, is that they are – they are still hanging out with, like, upper echelon of society. They're not just hanging out with other royal royal family members. They're hanging out with, like – very, very wealthy, influential people. So I thought that that was really interesting. I didn't fully understand that. And then the relationship she had with her father, who sounded like truly a demon from hell. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Was awful. The most misogynistic, terrible human yeah. being. And they said, like, he essentially viewed women as objects. Yeah. And the reason why he adored Ghislaine so much, or, like, it was perceived as much, was because she was – this personable social butterfly and she was beautiful and she was thin. Like they said all of those things, which is bonkers. Like what? What I appreciated though is like they didn't frame it in a way where I was ever like that sympathetic towards her. No, never. She came from like a, like her family dynamics were tough, but it was never painted in this light of like, oh my God, like I should just feel terrible for her. Like, you know, her life was so hard. It's like it wasn't that hard. Her dad no. was an asshole. She was rich as fuck. And she turned into a monster because yes. she loved Jeffrey Epstein. And then oh when God. she meets him, her friends are like, we never really understood that dynamic because they were together for so long and appeared to be this couple. And um, the photos of them with like 
celebrities and Ugh. politicians. Like, Carol Ratzewell was in one of the photos. I don't know if was you she? noticed. I didn't notice that. Yeah, so, fun fact for listeners who are Bravo fans, is on the back of Carol Radswell's book, What Remains, which is like one of my favorite memoirs of all time, um, I cry thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On the back of her book, her author photo, it says taken by Ghislaine Maxwell. What? And then in this documentary, there's a photo of her like leaning in to kiss JFK Jr. And sitting right next to him is Carol. Oh, I didn't even notice that, but I remember yeah. those shots. Yeah. Like she was the upper, upper, she upper. She was. Echelon. Hanging like, out with the big dogs. Yeah. And like, yeah. I think what was also interesting from that cinematic POV. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is like BAFTA. <laughs> like, what's on going film, on? Film 101, Kat. Like, for real. <laughs> I loved like the juxtaposition of her story with like the trial. And like seeing yes. the lawyers and then also the victims. Like, I didn't, I didn't love hearing the victim stories. That was right. also very sad. But like, it was so interesting. Like, and again, one of the former friends made a point. And as the women, the victims were telling their stories in this documentary of like how they would, Ghislaine would come and befriend a woman, like the, the woman who worked at Henry Bendel's and like, she came in and bought all this stuff and asked her to personally deliver it. And then, like, she would invite her in for drinks and blah, blah. And then this is just one story, but I honestly yeah. recommend people watch it. Like, she got up and went into the bathroom and then Jeffrey followed her and they came out in robes. Like, yeah. what are you supposed to do in that situation? Like, yeah. And, like, Ghislaine is the one – I forget who said it, but, like, Ghislaine was the one really – leading these things on Jeffrey's behalf. And I think that's something I did not realize. I didn't fully understand that. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Like, when she wanted to write that book, when she wanted that woman to live with her for a year to get her full, like, picture of her life, she said she was like, Jeffrey needs three orgasms a day. Yes. And, like, I can't do that. Doctor's orders. Yeah. So she's like, I have to find women to do that. Yeah, And the woman was like, if I had known these were, like, teenager schoolgirls, like, I would have done something. Ugh. And I'm just, like, the guilt that that woman must feel. Yes. I can't imagine. I think that was, like, that phrase was, like, the most chilling. And again, like, there was a voiceover in the documentary. And then there was just, like, it was giving Gossip Girl with, like, the uniform backpacks in the Upper East Side. But the claim, and I don't think it's a claim anymore because this woman's in jail – was that Ghislaine was hanging out with high school seniors. Yeah. And hanging out with them and then coercing them to come and hang out with her and Jeffrey. And that is like really gross to say out loud. And they would offer to pay for their college. Like would offer to do things for them and fly them out places. And like I I don't even want to entertain the idea of people being like, Oh, like where were their parents? Like, what about like that doesn't matter really? It like what matter matters is that these people were predators and they were preying on young women and vulnerable people mm-hmm. and torturing them. Like the woman, for example, like you brought up who worked at Henry Bendel, she was like, I tried to move, I changed my phone number. She's like, they would find me. Like it was yes. hell. Yes. yes. Oh my God. Like they would continue. To, like, reach out to them and harass. make contact and harass yeah, them. Yeah, and they would want 
all of these like sexual favors. He was really big into massages. It was so disgusting. And, you know, of course, then there's the Prince Andrew tie where there is a photo of him and an accuser with her in the background. Like, this happened. This was a thing that happened. I don't know. It's so frustrating that anyone is even attempting to say that it didn't. I mean, how can you argue? I I get it. They want to, like, appeal her conviction and everything because she was found guilty on the sex trafficking charges. But, like, at this point, I don't know how you, like, re-examine this or reevaluate this. Like, it is blatant. No, it seems, like, pretty cut and dry. Like, to me, this seems like an open, shut case. And what I'm curious about is now, is she going to then open up his black book, as they called it, and, you know, start exploiting everybody like i i want that to happen i want people who did this and who were involved in this to be held accountable oh absolutely we'll talk about it as we find out more yeah there's going to be more coming absolutely it's time for a round of mail or fail featuring two royal headline sam so here's the deal One of these is a real headline from the Daily Mail or a similar publication, and the other headline has been completely made up by our producers. So the question is, will we spot the mail or will we spot the fail? Okay, let me read both of these headlines, and then we'll try to guess which one is real and which one is fake. So this is the first one. Could you tackle the royal post bag? Buckingham Palace advertises for a 60,000-pound head of correspondence to answer letters for King Charles, Queen Consort Camilla, and the Prince and Princess of Wales. Do you think that's real? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a mouthful. But again, like, I feel like that could be real. (laughs) No, I mean, the Daily Mail literally puts out things that say, like, taut tummy. Like, this could legit be real. Like the things that I've read on the Daily Mail are so crazy. And then the next option is new designer duds for the Duchess and Duke. Harry and Meghan show up to a charity gala in 60,000 pounds worth of new clothing despite pledge to live more modestly. I mean, they're always doing shit like that. They're always doing shit like that. Let's be real. Also, let's like just say like this would be a headline that the Daily Mail would be salivating over. Oh, my God. <laughs> Megan wearing expensive clothes? When they're supposed to live more modestly and They like Megan to, like, live off of, like, shoot. They want Megan to, like, thrift. Oh, they do. They want, they want her, her to, like, to- go on Poshmark. <laughs> she's it's like, that's it. never going to happen. Never like, going to happen. She's quite literally a duchess. I am really torn with these two headlines and, like, producers, kudos to you because this is tough. I don't know. Like... I am I supposed to guess now? Is it time? Are we yeah. making our guesses? Or are I, we yeah, deliberating. Take a still? guess. Take a stab at it. Okay. I mean, I kind of think the first one is real. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I can see that because it's really bananas. It's really bananas, and it's like, could you tackle the royal post bat? Like, it's like yeah. so cheeky. I don't know. What are you? I'm think? gonna say option two, just oh. to like shake it up. So which one is real? You got to click on it. 
You were right. Yes. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, like, I'm shook. It just seems like so Daily Mail. <laughs> okay, so it's obviously option number one, which I can't believe that you guessed that correctly. I'm shook. So let's get into some details about what this article is even about. Okay. So it says that the job... Sorry, Lex, the job has already been filled. Aww. After the palace advertised on LinkedIn. Come on. Get out of here. Okay, the position was head of correspondence for the king and queen consort, and advert said it was it's feeling inspired to deliver to the very highest standards. <laughs> on LinkedIn? I cannot believe this was advertised on LinkedIn or fulfilled via LinkedIn. That seems so wild to me. Also, I'm shook. 60,000 pounds to answer letters? That's like a pretty sick job. Yeah. I mean, I like how many are you answering? Well, that's true. Like how much – is this a 40-hour work week? We're looking more like – Yeah. What are we looking at? Is a four-day work week? This is Their benefits? Like, I just like – benefits. Who knows? But you like, know? I can't believe that they actually advertised this as like a real job posting. Yeah. Like I've, I've seen jobs on LinkedIn before and – this is really wild. This is really wild. I also, this is funny because on Twitter yesterday, I saw somebody and it was like, how many jobs have actually been fulfilled via LinkedIn? I'm like, like drop in the comments because yeah. I'm, I'm trying to see something. And I'm like, maybe I should drop this article link. A hundred percent. This is crazy. This is so crazy. I also like, but again, this is the thing with these Daily Mail headlines. Like both of these could have been absolutely true. I am shook. Right now. Absolutely like I was true. I literally was like, I'll choose option two. Like, whatever. Could oh you tackle the royal post bag? Ugh. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so to finish up this amazing episode, let's name our spotted dick of the week. So who has been a real steamed pudding this week? Who are you choosing? I mean, for me, and listen, when we're talking about our spotted dick of the week, it's just who are we really? given our drags to this week. And I got to yeah. go Ghislaine Maxwell. Like, once again, I said it earlier, but I'm going to say it again real quick. I was jaw to the floor, white as a ghost, shocked and alarmed by her level of leadership and involvement in all of this work to to date Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Holy bull. Like, to date him, but also watch him, like, have sex with other yes. people. Yes. Like, it's and really, you guys really yourself. need to watch it. Yes. Yeah. And she was doing shit like that in the very beginning. Like, yep. since she was, like, a like a younger woman, you know? Um, My spotted dick of the week, this will be no shocker either, but it's <laughs> Prince Andrew. I mean, just the fact that he's a monster and a ghoul, but also the owner of those amazing, delicious little corgis, like... Mm-hmm. I'm furious about it. And I say, free the corgis. Free the corgis. ASPCA needs to get their ass in there. Mm-hmm. That's it for this week's episode of Crown Jewels. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. We'll have new episodes every single Thursday, so be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss our next episode. We're going to be doing deep dives. We're going to be reviewing The Crown. We are going to be keeping on top of all of the royal current events. So make sure you're subscribed. Tell your mom. I know I'm telling my mom. Tell all of your royally obsessed friends. Sam, tell your boyfriend's bubby. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, we will be reviewing Harry's book in January. We oh, have so many things coming up. I'm I so excited. I have already pre-ordered it. Did you pre-order it? Of course I did. Okay, I'm not a monster. thank you very much. Tell any Harry fans, tell Harry Style fans to make sure that they're subscribed too. <laughs> and don't forget to follow me at Lex Nico. And follow me at Bravo Historian. And until next time, may God save the betch. Batches.